Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a special episode, uh, something that we didn't necessarily plan for, but we thought it's a big enough deal that we should do something on it, given connections to another show that we are doing as well. We thought it was only appropriate that we do a spoiler review of the series finale of Better Call Saul. Saul gone. A great name for it, episode 13 of season 6, the finale, and uh, plenty to talk about and also give our thoughts across the entire series as well because this is a show we may cover in full at one point, but at the moment uh, just give some initial thoughts and takes in a bit of a split episode. You're going to hear some differing opinions across how this will all play out. I'll start off by saying my name is Ben and fact is Nicholas Chester couldn't have done it without me. <laughs> My name's Nick, and um, this episode violates the second law of thermodynamics. It's been a long enough time that finally someone's being able to admit that, really. But, uh, <laughs> Nick, it's great to have you back. I mean, for, for people who probably listen to us weekly, they think, what are you talking about, Ben? Nick's on every single bloody week. You're talking about Breaking Bad. But as always, let's ruin the illusion. We recorded them like in December last year. It's been a long time since uh, Nick and I technically have done an episode like this. But uh, great to have you back. Better Call Soul is done. Uh, the finale. Give us, give us your thoughts because you have a few messages with me over the last few weeks, but I, I haven't really got your thoughts on, on the finale and how you're feeling about how it all wrapped up. Yeah, it's interesting. I think probably um, if, if Better Call Saul and I were in a relationship, our Facebook status would be it's complicated, I think, because um, <laughs> I, I think there's, there's things I absolutely love about Better Call Saul and then there's things that drive me up the wall. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like in a, in a bit of a minority of people that aren't absolutely in love with the show but i will say that kind of this this season i think season six is the best season like just spoil it straight out i think that this is the best season it's got the most interesting stuff that happens and i think that this episode's a good capper you know like i think whatever i think about the rest of the show i think that this episode is really good um i think it's a nice kind of conclusion for the characters um I think very much like Felina, it's um, which is obviously the, the finale of Breaking Bad. I think there's no big surprises here, like, a, but I was not expecting surprises. I was not expecting, you know, like suddenly Saul's going to tap dance across the room, and you know, like it's going to turn into a musical number, or you know, like I, I wasn't expecting something out of the ordinary. I kind of went into this thinking. He's either going to die or he's going to end up in prison, but I kind of figured that probably we were looking at some kind of reconciliation with Kim was probably going to be the bit, you know, and he might kind of 
have a bit more self-awareness about things that have happened with Howard and and with um, with Chuck and, and and those are the kind of things we got really. So all in all, I think it's a, a, a good way to end the episode. Nice to see a few familiar faces. Um, yeah, I, I think that they've done a good job of kind of wrapping this whole thing up. I'll just clarify again. I said it at the beginning, and I'm sure if you've downloaded this, you see the word spoiler. This will be a spoiler <laughs> review. I don't think you really gave any spoilers in that anyway. No, but like no, just, no. Just to clarify for people who maybe got this far and we're about to say a few things as well. And I also <laughs> should have mentioned, Colin will be also joining us in the second half of this uh, episode as well, so a bit of a special one. But, yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously you and I did all of Breaking Bad, and at the time of this being released, I think we're about four or so weeks away from it all wrapping up and we shared our history of that show and I never watched Breaking Bad live but I've watched Better Call Soul live I've watched this from day one and I don't even think you've watched this from day one you sort of took a while to catch up on it did you not from memory or am I making that um no I did I did kind of watch it I think probably for me I I found that I was really excited when it started, watched it week to week and episode sorry season one and probably part way through season two and then I realised that I was enjoying the show more when I had a few episodes to chew on. Um, and so I would then start waiting until the whole season was out and then kind of binge from three to four. Um, but I did notice that I was starting to look at my phone a little bit through some of it. <laughs> and so I think probably people talk about the show maybe being a bit of a slow burn. I think that's a nice way of saying that some of it's boring. Um, but in season six, I've been watching week to, No, it's not quite true. I've, quite, I've binged up to the halfway through season six and so these last six seven episodes of the, the back half of season six i've watched week to week which i like i like how you said that slow burn because i i know during our breaking bad coverage i always was i said i was always told breaking bad's a bit of a slow burn but i fell in love with it from the beginning i've always loved better call soul i've never not disliked this show but to me it is much more of a slow burn than breaking bad and i think it's just it's different levels of enjoyment and this is a show that I, I don't, can't remember at what point I've rewatched it up to because I know when I did my last Breaking Bad rewatch before you and I covered it, I after I got to the end of Breaking Bad, I then rewatched whatever point of Better Call Soul was up to at that point. It might have only been the first two or three seasons. So there is large portions of this show that I cannot remember. Um, so I've watched, been watching a lot of clips on YouTube and sort of, you know, bits where they will say like, oh, and this scene in episode 10 of season six was a flashback to episode two, season seven. And I'm like, oh God, I can't remember that. Um, so it is definitely a show that I would really like to rewatch again, but it's definitely, yeah, the slow burn, I can see, yeah, like the code for it's a bit boring, but I also, I, it really has, and I mean, similar to what we talk about on Breaking Bad about how the best stuff came at the end. I mean, gosh, this last season has just gone in a flash. I remember season five and obviously we've what had basically nearly what, two years, haven't we to, to wait for this? Um, you know, I remember season five going by in a flash as well, but I think, yeah, like, as you said, the finale, it brought everything you expected. And I think kind of Saul going to jail, I think is perfect. I think that at the end of the day, Walt dies, Jesse gets away, Saul goes to jail. So you've kind of, you've covered all three bases there. Uh, somebody technically has to pay for everything that happened. Somebody sort of has to go away and live a great life in Alaska and somebody's got to die. So yeah, I, I'm kind of glad that it sort of ended with him in jail. There's a large portion of this season. I was denying, oh, no, he's not going to go to jail. He'll get away with it. Or, you know, I didn't think he would die though, but um, I'm kind of, yeah, I like the fact that 
he's sort of in jail, seems to be in a, a decent place, and we kind of got all three versions of him in the finale too with, what, Gil, Sol, and Jimmy. So, um, yeah, it's covered all the bases there. Yeah, and I think it, it is a show, I think, that now that you know how it ends, I think that always, you know, a, a rewatch is always more rewarding when you know where this thing is going. Um, and I think probably... Um, I, I actually, to be honest, like I'd kind of forgotten a little bit of what had happened. And when we were talking through Better Call Saul, uh, sorry, Breaking Bad, there were parts I was forgetting kind of what had happened here. And um, so when when I when we got to where we are now, I actually went back. So I have rewatched the whole thing within the last couple of months. Um, and I, you know, even though we weren't podcasting about it, I went through, did my due diligence, and and um, actually gave each of the episodes a, a by. You are researching bin. it, Nick, for when we eventually do <laughs> yeah, it. So yeah. So I've actually I've actually did. got my list, my rankings, which ones are buys and which ones are rents and which ones oh, are bins good. already there. I mean, if we were to ever go through it, I would I would you know reevaluate that. But it was just interesting. We will. For me I'm saying right of- now we will. We said that about Breaking Bad. We got there eventually. So, no, we'll, we'll get there yeah. eventually. Don't worry. And and I think for me, um, one of the things I think I've struggled with a little bit is the comparisons to Breaking Bad because um, I felt um, a little bit, I guess, protective about Breaking Bad and that you know, I've heard a lot of people going on about, you know, over the years, not just recently, but going on about, oh, this is the show is better than Breaking Bad. And I've never really been able to kind of – agree with that and so i think watching this thing through i was like how do people how do people think that because i i've been constantly going on to myself that this is nowhere near as good as breaking bad and i stand by that i think breaking bad to me for my levels of enjoyment and what i get out of a tv show i like breaking bad a whole lot more than better call saw that doesn't mean that this is a bad show by any means i think this is a really really good show and um a bit of a long rant here but i think probably the thing i was always looking to was that Better Call Saul was going to be the equivalent of that we were going to see Jimmy McGill turn into Saul Goodman. We were going to see that transformation. And as that didn't happen over seasons and seasons and seasons, or it was happening in a really slow manner, I was getting frustrated. And what I kind of came to realize is that, you know, Breaking Bad's the show that's about change. You know, Walter White says it in that first episode. It's, you know, that chemistry is the study of change and, and Breaking Bad ends up being the study of change of, of Walt into, you know, this person that we like into this evil, horrible person. And Better Call Saul is about change as well. But it's actually, to me, it's about Jimmy McGill's inability to change sometimes mm. he thinks he should sometimes he tries to change he thinks he wants to um, but ultimately he either can't or he won't change and i think in an ideal world a better a better title for the show would actually be slipping jimmy because it's actually about that character it's about slipping jimmy and it's about his inability to change and stop being that kind of guy who runs those schemes and those scams and all that kind of stuff um, and he has these different personas that he puts on along the way but actually what we end up finding is that that guy can't change and it kind of leads him to one place. And so, you know, I think it's kind of that whole thing of, you know, Slippin' Jimmy's actually going to be at home. You know, he's at home in prison, that's somewhere where he kind of belongs. Um, and so I think when you kind of put it through that lens, I think it's a lot more of an enjoyable show, at least for me and anybody who might feel this is a bit of a quote-unquote slow burn or feel that there's boring parts, that I think when you actually look at the Jimmy stuff and you think about it as being a study of change and a guy's inability to change his kind of core facets of himself, I think it's quite an interesting show from that perspective. That's a, that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, and actually, one thing I just want to clarify, I called him uh, Gil, of course, it was Gene, is his name, Ben. Gene, Gene, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I always no, get Gil. that wrong too. Yeah. Gil, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I think that's a great way of looking at it. And I think that I've seen a lot of people 
share sort of those three, you know, saying like the, the Breaking Bad universe is complete. They've got the three images, obviously, like the picture of Walt with Breaking Bad, the picture of Jesse with El Camino, and the picture of Soul with Better Call Soul. And I kind of like that. And I think like there's a whole other episode you could do that. It's kind of the study of each of those three characters. There's a lot of similarities in their overall arcs, but at the same time, you've kind of got sort of everything. Like it's almost like each all three of them are home in their own way, like at the ending, like, you know, you basically know Walt's dead from the very first episode. So kind of him dying is kind of him being home. Jesse's always, you know, wanted to be free somewhere, hasn't he? And kind of, you know, released from a lot of stuff that he's had in his life. So he is, and he's living this new life. And yeah, as you're saying, like with, with Jimmy, Gene, Soul, whatever you call him, like, you know, it's kind of, that seems to be sort of in his world. I, I saw a great, um, a review that I watched on YouTube of this episode and I, I didn't even click until I sort of watched it. I, they mentioned, I'm pretty sure it was Peter Gold, uh, Gould, uh, you know, one of the co-creators of the show, basically mentioned that he likened the finale to the famous Charles Dickens story, uh, Christmas Carol, with the, go- the three ghosts that visit him, uh, you know, Christmas past, present, and future. And that's kind of what each of these flashbacks sort of were in this episode, you know, getting a visit from Mike, from Walt, and from Chuck, which... I thought it was a great way of looking at it. And it kind of makes you think about it like in a whole different perspective, because I'd love to hear what you think about sort of the use of the cameos, you know, in this episode, obviously the big talking point was bringing back Walt and Jesse throughout this, which, you know, we got a little bit more than we probably thought we did. I was absolutely over the moon. And we got Marie back. I was not expecting that at all. I kind of like, Oh, does anyone get Skylar back? But you know, probably wouldn't have made sense. Uh, obviously getting Chuck back, I thought was great. Mike was a nice little moment as well. Uh, I think you sort of, they've, they've done very well with the cameos in, in this show and particularly this episode, but I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on how you think they were all used. Oh, you know, I was happy to see Marie back. Um, <laughs> was she wearing well, purple no. though, Nick? <laughs> well, she was in black and white, so we'll never know. Um, <laughs> it would have been so funny yeah. if she was the only one in colour and it was just like purple. <laughs> yeah, when she's yeah, in yeah, that yeah. Room. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think with anything like this, and I think, um, you know, one of my critiques, I guess, of, of Better Call Saul is that I think it suffers a little bit from um, – prequel syndrome um where you know like i think you know and we've obviously seen this with things like star wars and and the hobbit and and um i noticed it a lot watching the kind of um the the harry potter you know the um the fantastic, fantastic beast movies that you know that they drop a lot of little things from the earlier movies that are really unnecessary um and i think the cameos work when they feel necessary and, and included within the plot and um i think you know this one with walt and this one really works um i don't think you really needed him and jesse in that first episode that we saw in the breaking bad episode of better call saul it was really fun but it wasn't really necessary um and i think sometimes this feels like a little bit of they cram so many characters from breaking bad into this that it kind of closes the world down it makes it feel really small because it's like all the same people doing things together you know like actually the world's a lot bigger you know Albuquerque's got a half a million people and there would be other people you know so sometimes I feel like the, the, it's a little bit too much so when it's used well I think it's really effective but I think I didn't need to see Crazy 8 back for example like that kind of took me out of it a little bit of like did, is he the only other drug dealer in Albuquerque you know like could you not have just had like you didn't need to have somebody like Crazy 8 but I think it would have felt weird if you didn't have Walt and Jesse in the somewhere. Now that felt like you probably needed to have them. Um, I think probably I would argue that maybe 
I know this is probably not an, a popular opinion, but I didn't think the Hank and Gomi stuff was really necessary. Like you could have not had them. It was again, it was fun to have them, and I guess it's like what's that level of? It's fun to see these characters that we know versus it takes you out of this world that you're trying to build this kind of new world. Um, so I think for my for my taste, it was probably a little bit heavy handed, but I think when it did work, it was really effective. Um, so probably less is more would probably have been my that's probably my whole review of Better Call Saul really is that less would have been more for me. Um, and and that even gets to like did. <laughs> Did we need the whole Gus story in this thing? You know, did we really need that? Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people would say it didn't hurt. Um, but I didn't love watching half a dozen Germans dig a hole for weeks on end. That, that wasn't something that I got super excited about. Oh, you're um, the only one. And- that was my favourite part of this whole show. <laughs> well, it is one of those things of like, and, and again, that's why I say I talk about prequel syndrome because you get into like, they start to answer questions that you never asked. Like I never needed to know how they dug the hole that, the, that the super lab was going to be in um and i certainly didn't need episode upon episode of it but i i would have felt cheated i think well not cheated but i would have felt disappointed if we hadn't have seen walton jesse um i think mike was used effectively in the show you know you didn't need to have mike i suppose but i think he was used quite effectively i think they told i mean five is one of my favorite episodes of this whole show you know when you you see that backstory of, of mike right at the beginning in that first season it's just it's it's really, really useful to kind of know more about Mike and who he is and how he's got to this place in his life. So it's a really long answer to your question that I think I think when it's done well and when it kind of kind of propels this story forwards, it's great. Um, but sometimes I think it's probably a little bit more than I really needed. I, I would agree to the, some of that. I think we talked a bit about in Breaking Bad about how you can go too far. Like it's the whole age-old do we really need to know how Han Solo got his name in such a stupid fucking yeah. way? I don't care about the dice. Like, it's it's that sort of crap. But I think there's levels where, yeah, I can see the argument against Gus and that being in it, but I think there's so much of that we got with him and the Super Lab and things like that that add in a way that doesn't take away, if that makes sense. Like, it's, you know, like... If you didn't have that, then, I mean, is that then all of a sudden people are going to be arguing to Vince Gilligan, oh, we need a Gus show. And some people still are arguing we need a Gus show or, you know, we need a Mike show. Like, I kind of appreciate that we sort of get that in here. You know what I mean? And I think that yeah, and- there's there's elements of that where it works. Because, yeah, like Mike's backstory about the cops and the shooting. Like, I love that. I loved a lot of the Gus stuff, particularly in the last season. Like, his last scene where he's, like, you know, about to get it on and, you know, have a, some kinky sex with a guy about his wine and you just realise the tragedy of this guy that he just he can't have that life. Like, and the paranoia that he had in this whole season, you know, it's it's even knowing that it was going to end, clearly that's not going to be what he's going to be coming into Breaking Bad. I just, I don't know. There was just something about that that made me, I mean, you know I love Gus. It just made me love him even more. Yeah, I think probably that's one of the things that I struggled with in the early seasons was I, I felt like they couldn't really decide if this was a, a Saul Goodman um, origin story, you know, to, to talk about it like a superhero movie. Um, you know, was it an origin story for Saul Goodman or was it a Breaking Bad prequel? And I think they struggled in those first few seasons to really decide that. And I actually think... The, my um, Absolutely my favourite parts of the show are the stuff that's about Jimmy, Saul, like... 
by far and away that's the best stuff and like we haven't even talked about Raya Seahorn yet and and mm. the Kim character and you know like I think the best parts of the show for me are her and Jimmy and um, and Chuck and Howard those are the things that I really get excited about and enjoy and I think probably if I could remove all the other stuff and have a kind of 30 to 35 episode kind of stretch that's just about the Jimmy McGill character I'd probably absolutely love the show um, and I feel the other stuff kind of crams in on top of it when I don't really need it and I that's probably why I quite enjoyed a lot of the stuff we got in season six because it did start to get back more focused on him as we got to the end as it should so yeah I think for me it's probably just about once it got focused on what the show's actually about it's it's really good well that's one thing I'll say I loved about the finale was that I yeah. was worried that it was going to go to Breaking Bad in the finale. It right. was kind of like we were almost going to go into, you know, the famous thing they said at the end of Revenge of the Sith, that everyone had to be in their starting places for <laughs> a new hope, you know, like, and that's kind of what got me worried. But to me, what the finale did so well is, yeah, sure, you had Marie. Yeah, sure, you kind of saw him go to jail and sort of stuff. But, like, the, the, the flashback to Chuck, I don't know for why the life of me, I did not even expect a Chuck appearance. Like, that should have been so freaking obvious. Um, and, like, I saw a preview leading into this going, like, at the heart of everything, this show is a legal show. And I, I like the fact that there was such that element to it. And I, I can't say I'm a massive legal show fan. Like, I don't mind a good legal show, but I'm dumb. I don't understand half of it. But, like, I liked that sort of element that we had to this show with him sort of going up there. You know, I loved the Howard character. I want to get your opinions on that we'll see at one point. I, I loved, like, Chuck, I loved, I'm with you. I loved all that early stuff. Um, so I, I really appreciated that in the finale that, you know, that's really what it all came down to. He kind of ended this as Jimmy, yeah. you know, and, and sort of he had retribution for what happened with Chuck. You know, there was that retribution for Howard in the last couple episodes. And, yeah, all right, we had the Breaking Badness to it, but it just wasn't shoved down the throat as much as I was expecting it to be. And I, I'm glad this show can end on its own two feet with that connection, but still as its own show. Yeah, and I think probably as well it's like the best parts of the show for me are kind of – the legal stuff, I think, you know, one of my other favourite episodes is Chicanery, which is the one where, um, you know, Jimmy's manages to get Huel to, to put a, uh, um, a battery in Chuck's pocket during his mm, testimony, mm-hmm. and, you know, like a really great episode of the show. And that's all very focused on Jimmy and Chuck um, in the courtroom. And I think that that's really where it's where it's really successful, the show. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there and, and great to see Chuck. And I think Michael McKean's a fantastic actor. So, you know, having him there. And, and I really like that even when characters have died on the show that we've still had, we've been able to use flashbacks and stuff really effectively effectively to kind of still have them in the show more or less which is really cool um so yeah i think i think that that stuff's all been really really good um yeah and and i think kind of yeah it's really interesting because i think probably these last four episodes which are almost like an epilogue um are going to be interesting to watch in retrospect like i think when you and i were texting it was it was the nippy episode and nothing that's happened in these last three episodes has changed my opinion that that is an absolute <laughs> shit bag of an episode it's I'm terrible so like that was um, you and i talking about thor off air about the opinion that people hated that movie when you said that to me i'm still like <laughs> really i said that to colin like i'm gonna get colin to talk about it in this episode too i'm like really it wasn't that it's bad worse, it's worse than fly it's way no, worse than fly no. it's way worse than ift it's the worst thing that has come out of either of these two shows by a country mile. With that Be- and i think and i think for me it's because it just 
like you end that last half because to me the three episodes leading up to that are the they're three of the like they're all in my top five. So like that kind of plan and execution, point and shoot, fun and games. And I just love that fun and games episode ends with fully formed Saul Goodman, you know, in the breaking bad timeline, answers the phone. It's like I almost could finish watching the show there. I almost don't need these last four episodes, but you, you know, like I, I just love that you kind of get that. Um, and then it just cuts immediately to him like running this ridiculous scam with this this horrible character. Like, um, what's his name? The guy. Um, oh. Who knows? Frankie, or Frank, right? Yeah, just <laughs> terrible, <care. laughs> terrible stuff. And like, and it just, it just felt to me like we were back in that world of, you know, like, and and that's why I talked about that thing about this being about Jimmy not being able to change because I think there are so many repetitive scenes of him running scams. And I think that that was another one. It's just like, we're coming to the conclusion here, why are we having another episode that's focused around a really low stakes scam? You know, like it just didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I think probably in retrospect, me talking about this being a show where he can't change just shows that even when he needs to be keeping his head down and his nose clean in order to keep a low profile, he can't stop himself from doing it. But it was still a boring hour of TV and I never want to watch it again. I look, there's a whole other thing and I can't wait to when we do cover it, Nick, and we get to that episode. But I think it's, um, yeah, I like, I, I, I think I, I love that explanation. It's an epilogue because I think I didn't appreciate what was it? Episode eight as much as I did, you know, sort of that, that last bit with Mike, that last bit with Gus, like, and as you said, like that moment where you sort of have him waking up, uh, you know, and he's with a, with a sex worker and he's soul. And like, you can end it right there. Like you can, like, I'm sure, People like I said that about what the finale of season four. You could end Breaking Bad there, and sure, you season five's great, but like you know, you could still be satisfactory ending it. Um, I mean, I would like. I think that the downfall of Jimmy of him getting caught comes from the beginning of that and everything and along the way. But I think the one thing that I would be fascinated, and I'm sure somebody's going to do it. Uh, is editing this chronologically. They famously did it with Lost, and watching chronologically Lost is a whole other experience and watching it with the flashbacks and everything. Like, if anything, it almost makes it better. And I would love somebody to edit all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul together chronologically and so that you don't have, like, an episode. Like, so, so the flashback with, like, Walton, uh, Saul, like, you, you know, talking about the time machine is directly after that scene, the, the RV scene, you know, things like that. I think it would just be uh, amazing because it adds another level to it. But um, And I do yeah, love the things, like, uh, that, that Breaking Bad episode, the one that followed it, the break, the actual Breaking Bad. God, it's confusing, isn't it, having a Breaking Bad episode in Better Call Well, they did it deliberately. Better Call they, Saul, yeah. They, that's because they, yeah. the first Better Call Saul was yeah. called Better Call yeah. Saul, so they needed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I, I do, I love that feature of seeing basically the same scene from different perspectives which yeah. is what they do and you know like i think we've talked about it on air that there's a tv show i really enjoy called the affair and the first season is really like the same scene from two different people's perspectives and their memories of it and i do like that idea that you can kind of see not quite the same scene but you can see the same incident happening from you know saul's perspective um and seeing his, his side of things i think is a really really cool feature there as well so yeah i think there's lots of stuff in that in those last four episodes that is fun and interesting and good and i'm not saying everything in that nippy episode is awful i just think we didn't need four episodes to kind of close the show out and then then the manner we did i think if we would had it over two and that's probably my biggest criticism of the show i think where we've got 62 episodes or whatever we've got 
I probably would have one more than Breaking Bad. So, so we've got sixty-three episodes, and I would also note that because I'm such a nerd, I checked this. That Breaking Bad has five episodes that run for fifty minutes or longer, or over fifty minutes. Better Call Saul has. 21 episodes that run for over for and and i think that it's just a bit flabby and i think that you know those last four episodes are a real good sign of that that there's some good stuff in there and seen saw i've seen and walt and jesse and seen these flashbacks and so i I think i think over two episodes it would have been really effective i think over four it just feels a bit much you know and and you know just the whole thing with him taking the son of uns you know over to the, the the security guy and oh god watching him eat it in slow motion and you know like it's just a bit much for me and i i read a little um i think it was in the guardian today it was talking about that this is a one of those rare shows that takes its time to tell the story and i guess for me it's like i understand that and i understand that some people enjoy that the show takes its time and from a cinematography perspective i think the show looks better than breaking bad like i think there's no doubt that this is a better looking show um and that's probably because it does take a little bit more time to set shots up and make them look good and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> i'm all about efficiency and if you can get it done in 47 minutes i'm always <laughs> gonna give you credit for that well i'll be sure to end your segment here within 47 minutes <laughs> yeah. um i i i mean i don't doubt for a moment that vince gilligan would not have like, if this is what he did before Breaking Bad, it's not going to be this way. I'm sure AMC gives him a lot more freedom yeah. because yeah, absolutely. you're Vince yeah. Gilligan and you can basically do whatever the fuck you want and Peter Gould as well. You know, like, it's sort of just the, the elements of that. I just want to add, I want to talk about Kim, but um, <laughs> I, the, my probably favourite cameo besides Marie, I I actually really loved the, the Jesse one last week. I was not expecting because I, I guess we saw them in breaking bad so well that's it cool that's their cameo fair enough and like can people stop complaining about aaron paul looking old people get oh, old yeah i'm, I'm like, so sick of that like, i love how I, people are like oh they should have de-aged him it's like and that's worked a lot of the time in half these movies like for fuck's sake like <sighs> it was fat todd yeah, and now I, it's exactly. freaking old jesse like get yeah. over it <laughs> and we and we talked when we talked about that during our camino that actually like there's nothing wrong with that. Like these things don't have to be photorealistic. Like it's yeah. like, just live with it. Like this, like you, like it's that willing suspension of disbelief, right? Like just, just let it go. It's not a big, if anything, Sorry, Bob Odenkirk looked quite old compared to when we first saw him in Breaking Bad. Like Mike, like Mike yeah. looks like Jonathan Banks Gus. looks old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. It's, Sorry. I've cut over your point. No, no, no. It's, 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 I, I brought it up. It's just, it's, it's, and people are going to hear us talk about fat Jesse in a few weeks over on uh when we do the El Camino one. But um, I, I just love that. Like I wasn't expecting there to be another Jesse moment and just to Jesse meets Kim. Like, I mean that, yeah. that's just one of those weird things to me that like sometimes when you can combine characters and everything in certain universes, like just blew my mind. So the fact that Kim met uh, Jesse, uh, that made me very, very happy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And 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 I I did really enjoy it. And like I say, I think it would have felt really weird if you didn't have you know Jesse and Walt appear somewhere on the show. I think it kind of yeah. you know it, it, it's just one of those things. I think you really needed. And I think probably a lot of us maybe thought that the show might end with you know that scene at the end of Fun and Games. But you know, like the door opens and it's Walt walks through, and it's like that moment when he's Mr. Mayhew kind of walking walking through the door. That that might be how these things. Kind of just basically, as you say, it's kind yeah. of where everybody starts. Because um, I yeah. always, I always like whenever they announce them back. Like I, 
it surprised me. I think we talked about this that they were saying that Brian Cranston's coming back because I could always imagine Jesse being in this universe because, as I always said in that episode, he says like you don't need a criminal nor unit. Like it's kind of implied that he knows who Saul is. Maybe he's met him before, and that's kind of like with the 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 Hank scene that we got. What was that in this season? What season was Hank and Gomer? No, that was that was season five. Yeah, it was season five. Like because yeah. even when they meet in Better Call Saul, like it's kind of you know, implied that they're sort of running into each other. But anyway, um, Ray Seahorn, like, <laughs> obviously the, the what, the three that everybody talked about coming to this season, we don't know what happens to Lalo, to Nacho, to Kim, to a lesser extent Howard. But, I mean, I, I don't really think people question too much about Howard because, as we thought, he could easily survive in a world and, you know, not have to be mentioned. But, um Kim doesn't die. Uh, she sort of has a boring old life in Florida, getting fucked by a boring Mr. Man who watches The Amazing Race. Hello to all our Amazing Race fans <laughs> on this show. Um, just rip shit into that, apparently. I'm glad it wasn't Survivor. Um, but um, I just this, she's amazing. And the, the thing about her is I was talking to Noah about her recently, and this is really her big break. Like, she's not really been in anything before this. So... She's amazing. I mean, she's obviously up for an Emmy later this year. Uh, so is Bob. And usually for the fin- final seasons, they often get a lot of awards. So, yeah, I mean, just incredible. I'm so glad they didn't kill her off. I'm I, I'm so impressed with Kim's arc that for somebody who's not even remotely even loosely mentioned in Breaking Bad, it still feels like whenever you probably rewatch Breaking Bad right now, you know she's out there. It's no different to when we see the super lag now. We know that there's going to be a couple of dead bodies under that the whole time. But um, I just, oh, what a character. And, you know, maybe, no offense to Bob Odenkirk, he's the star of the show's show. But, I mean, Ray Seahorn, like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I think she's fantastic. And I think the other thing I'd say is if we're doing the comparisons between which is the better show, I think acting-wise – they're pretty much on par. You know, look, I, yeah. I, personally, I'm a Brian Cranston fan. I love that character and I love how he acts. So I'm always probably going to just edge out Breaking Bad, but we're talking a matter of inches here. And I think, you know, she is so phenomenal on the show. I mean, she is the kind of the equivalent of Anna Gunn, really, in terms of like being able to give that absolutely amazing performance, that st- scene-stealing performance um, from the main character. Um, and yeah, I, I do hope that this doesn't turn into, you know, whenever we cover shows, these people seem to just disappear into the ether and I hope that's not the case for her because I think you know she's got such a a great career ahead of her if she wants it um and yeah I I, and it is one of those things like in the moment I really struggled with what are they doing with Kim because like some weeks she's really she you know she wants to do that and I think you know sometimes she's not into it and I was like I'm not I'm not vibing on this and then I had to kind of check that and be like I have to wait and see how this finishes and as it finishes, I'm really comfortable with kind of how they've told that Kim story. And I think for me, she's the character, like Jimmy can't or won't change. She wants to change um, and sees that she can't do it with him, you know? Um, and, and and I think that, yeah, I think it's a really interesting story. I think, yeah, she's, she's just great in the role. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to see where she goes next with her career because it is, it is amazing what she's done on the show. I know we're here technically to talk about the finale, but I've got to ask... Howard's death, um, you know, the, oh. the mid-season finale. Did you see it coming? How was your reaction to that? Well, yes, I did see it coming because it got spoiled for me. Like, I, <laughs> I turned off all notifications for the show, like, you know, 
muted and blocked and everything so that I wouldn't get any spoilers. And this comes up as some like random comment from somebody about how it dies. And it's like, like it wasn't connected to Breaking Bad at all. It got through my filters and I was so oh. angry. Um, even so, it was still pretty shocking what happened. Um, so yeah, I, it, it was great. Like, you know, it was a great moment, great TV moment. And um, I think a lot of people have compared the Howard character to um, to Hank, you know, as being this guy, wrong place, wrong time, yeah, ends up getting a bullet on the head type of thing. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I love Hank so much more than Howard, but I do think Howard is a character that kind of, you know, he grates on you at first, but then he grows on you. And that's really yeah. cool. And you kind of, you start off feeling sympathy for Jimmy, but eventually you kind of, you don't like Jimmy as much. And so you actually, you, you know, you think Howard's an, an actually an okay guy. And, and um, it's Patrick Fabian, isn't it? I think is the, mm-hmm. is the actor. And yeah. again, I think he just pulls off this kind of like, you know, like kind of, 80s lawyer you know like just the the look and the fashion and and all those things i think just comes off really really well i think again they just found an actor that just kind of embodies this character so so well just even its movements and you know like his mannerisms are all just kind of perfect for the character so yeah i absolutely love that character who i think probably i suspect he was probably a bit of a jesse in terms of they probably didn't really expect him to feature as much as he ended up doing but because he was such so good in the role they probably made it even better and yeah what a tragic end for for a character that we ended up quite liking really i always loved howard um and yeah that god that that was a hand to the mouth moment when that happened and i'm just like blankly staring at the screen i'm like rewinding it like five times going like fuck um which i mean in hindsight it's i don't say it's obvious when you kind of see you know lalo coming in there but it's sort of it's it's still like holy crap and speaking of like i mean again we're gonna talk about all these if we ever do the show but like tony dalton like i mean love gus yeah great gus is amazing but holy crap this guy like the charisma and just the creepiness like i mean they're so good at being able to write these type of characters aren't they you you needed a, a Lalo at that point because um, um, I've been nice. I'm talking lots of good stuff here, but one of the things I really don't like about about Better Call Saul is the Nacho character. Michael Mando is amazing again. The actor is fantastic and does a really good job. The Nacho character is kind of pointless. Like they didn't really know what to do with him. I never thought, and I think. They injected this kind of Lalo character into kind of up the up the ante with with Nacho, and he ends up basically just overtaking Nacho and being a much more interesting character than Nacho ever was. Um, and so, yeah, I absolutely love the Lalo character. I think it's really really cool, um, and, and I think it's kind of. A really like it, it feel, he feels like a Salamanca, doesn't he? Like he feels oh, like yeah. he fits in that family, but without having that kind of yeah. You know, he, he's not a Tuco. He's not crazy. He has a plan. Um, he's able to kind of control his, um, you know, his temper and things like that, and be more kind of calculating. Um, I, I love that that episode where he's kind of sitting in the gutter or whatever it is, like watching um, watching the um, the laundromat from across the road. That's so funny. I think it would be interesting if. If Vince had his time again, you know, do you think that we'd get Lalo in the Breaking Bad universe yeah. up against Walt instead? Um, yeah. You know, like that would be very fascinating. But the, the thing that I think was good about that is that, you know, you knew coming into this season that both him and Nacho are going to die. Like there's just, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and the thing that I love, like you talk about sometimes overdoing it in prequels, like so much was made over that line in Better Call Saul when he's like, who sent you? Was it Lalo? Was it Nacho? Like, and everyone's like, oh, this is so, you know, whatever. But like, I think they did it in a way that wasn't like grown worthy. It wasn't like Han Solo and Dice, you know what I mean? Like it, 
it made sense because there was even wasn't there that line when uh was it when Sol's on the phone to to Kim and he's like oh they're all dead you know and blah blah and Lalo I think like so he still doesn't know that he's dead which makes sense because he doesn't know that he's dead so yeah, yeah like I kind of think they they tied that into a way that it wasn't over the top and it worked I think it's really interesting to think about you know how much does the show color the experience of watching Breaking Bad. Um, I still think you can watch Breaking Bad and, and you know, you, you'll have a little bit of meta-knowledge of what's happened happened to Saul, but I don't think it changes massively. But I do mm-hmm. think that that thing of, you know, Saul's operating in that Breaking Bad timeline with this potential that Lalo's out there ready to come and get him at any point. And I think that kind of, it speaks to some of that kind of, that frantic kind of energy that he sometimes has in Breaking Bad, well, he often has in Breaking Bad, um, is that he, he thinks that there's a Salamanca out there ready to, to shoot him in the head at any point. So I think that's an interesting kind of um, takeaway from the show is that that's always going to be there in the kind of Breaking Bad world. And so are Lalo and Howard dead underneath the super lap. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just rotten corpses underway. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I'll, I'll get you to give your rating as per usual and I might save mine. Oh, I'll give you mine in a moment and get Collins after, but uh, yeah, won't change in the space of half an hour or however long it be to get Colin on. Yeah, I th- and I think for me it is one of those things that will we'll take some time to settle. Really, um, you know, this is this is still really fresh. You know, the episodes, you know, only at the time we're recording, it's like twenty four hours and a bit old. You know, like, it, and it will take a bit of time to kind of think through this and and, and what it all means. Um, I think I've, I've sounded like I've been a little bit harsh on the show, and I guess it's probably I've been holding it up to this really high standard of what I think is my favourite and, and the best show on TV, which is Breaking Bad. It doesn't meet that threshold of being as good as that, but I know there are lots of people who think this is better, and and you know, good for good for you if that's what you think. That's awesome, but for me, I don't think it quite compares. But it's still a really good show um and when i look through my list of kind of buys rents and bins per episode it's still mostly buys like there's there's a lot more rents and there's a couple of bins um you didn't you bin probably, any breaking bad no memory, i didn't so, I, I didn't yeah. and and you can already guess what one of my bins is from this conversation <laughs> but you know there isn't me and it is still a really good show and it's interesting like um just a few other shows that I've kind of watched this year. Like I watched, I got quite into um, Ozark and great show, um, horrific ending um, in terms of not a good ending from my perspective anyway. Um, it's a it's a good show, but it's nowhere near as good as, as Better Call Saul. Um, I watched a show called The Staircase recently, which is about, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a um, dramatization of a true crime story. That's a really famous true crime story. And it features um, Colin Firth and Tony Collette are kind of the two main cast. You think, oh, oh, wow, yeah. wow, this is going to be familiar. awesome. And, um, and I watched it and it was fine. It was okay. But nowhere near as good as this. Um, you know, think about that Brian Cranston show, Your Honor, you know, good show nowhere near as good as this is still a really really good show and you're still going to really enjoy it um you know and and i think that there's some great stuff in here and i think there was a lot of expectation and a lot of stuff sitting on them to kind of get this ending right and like i say i don't think most fans of the show would have been expecting something crazy to happen i think we all knew where this was probably going there were two or three options on how it might end and yet it's still a really good satisfying ending that i think everybody's going to enjoy i really really hope that we don't come back in two or three years and we're doing you know better call Saul from jail season one you know well, like vince I think, has I, come out and claimed that this is it this is there's I, nothing I, I, hope so. I don't believe it <laughs> I, i'm still holding out for the holly better call holly in like five years <laughs> yeah I, and i think you know for me it's um it, 
it, it is really nice to feel like this is the end. Um, and and I and I hope it is, you know. But yeah, I think yeah, the, the temptation is always going to be there, isn't it, to kind of come back and have another crack at it? But well, we didn't um, get an Anna Gunn or RJ Mitty. They were the only ones who really didn't come back. So I was a Badger and Skinny Pete. Don't forget oh, about them. Didn't yeah, see no, them. Didn't Skinny Pete came back? Didn't he? Oh, did he? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Skinny Pete was in at least uh, maybe one he episode. Did. Maybe, and maybe Badger was, but maybe um, he did. I, I lose track. But um, anyway, I think probably like um, yeah. I mean, as I say, I've been keeping track of all. I mean, this was absolutely a buy. Um, and to kind of spoil where I've got it at the moment in terms of when I rated them all, I've got this at number six. It's just outside my wow. top five. Like so, you know, I think it's a really good. Really good. Where did you have Felina? Um, Do you remember where you had that in relation? Oh, to... I can look because it's on the same little thing. Um, Felina for me was number eight, so kind okay. of in that same that same period, really. Um, yeah, that I think that they're they're good cappers. I think probably the way that Vince Gilligan and, and the writers of the show, you know, create these shows is that these are kind of they're cappers for the show. They're not an explosive end. You're not going to get a Game of Thrones style, like, oh my God, ending. Um, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> you know, like I think with, you know, I know you're not a Game of Thrones fan, but I'm sure you've heard a lot about I how the show ended. Apparently it. a shit ending that's about Yeah, all yeah. Know, I so, mean, yeah. I, I didn't actually think it was that bad, but I can certainly understand why lots of people didn't like it. And, you know, I think that's we've all Dexter watched those. That's, that's right. the ending yeah. of Dexter. And, <laughs> the and, first and, Dexter, then they brought it back and it made it worse. But anyway. Yeah, and I mean, that's <laughs> and, and you know, like, again, I obviously won't spoil any details, but that's how I felt about Ozark. We got to the end of it and I, it kind of finished and I was like, you're kidding me. Like, that's not how this is ending. And I have none of those feelings with this show. I'm like really satisfied with how this thing has ended. Um, like I say, I've got I've got plenty of kind of qualms. And if we do end up going episode by episode through those, I will definitely get into that. Um, but I think it ends really well. I think, you know, the two shows that we've covered have both had really good endings and and, and this is a good ending for this one as well. I think it kind of is, you know, you feel fulfilled. You don't feel like you're left with too many questions. Yeah, I mean, to date this episode, people listening to this won't hear it until November, but uh, Noah and I literally just recorded the end of Lost the other day, the, the finale, literally the episode is called The End. And I watched a, a list, a top 10 worst TV series finales of all time. Game of Thrones is number one. <laughs> How Met Your Mother, number two, bullshit. How Met Your Mother is the worst TV finale of all time. <laughs> um, Dexter was three and Lost was four. And Noah and I spent three hours, three hours defending the absolute shit out of the ending of Lost. Um, it's definitely an ending that has held up very well after 12 years, but I personally do not get the hate of why people go off of the finale of Lost. Whole other episode, listen to it in November. But, um, yeah, I think you summed it up very well. I think that just like Breaking Bad, it ends in a way you think, and, like, some people probably complain about that, but why should you complain about that? Like, it's a show you love. Do you, do you really want them, as you said at the beginning of this, to have Soul all of a sudden break out into a musical number? And, you know, like at the end when they're all chanting Better Call Soul in the bus, like, do you want him to, like, turn to the camera and be like, I survived worse? And, like, like it, you would then just bemoan that. Um, and then you don't want it to be a Sopranos and just, like, be, you, you know, have a subjective ending like that. Like, it's a show that got the ending it, it should be get and yeah i'm definitely buying it as well i have not ranked any of these episodes so i i wouldn't have a clue uh where it would rank but um yeah i think that uh solidly this last season was very good probably the best 
And, um, yeah, I generally do want to do this show with you, Nick. I joked about friends. I gladly would do friends, but I know you don't want to. But, I mean, this is only a 63-episode a show, uh, and who knows? We I reckon we could knock this out at some point in the future. Not anytime soon, please, but uh, at some point we can <laughs> come back together. We, we seem to take a couple of years off in between these, don't we, Nick, before we get back into it? Yeah, yeah, and I think, like I say, I think it's one of those things I would like to kind of sit on because I think, um, as I said, like I've had a few kind of, I think watching it all in such close succession has made me see some of the things I don't like. And I think once I step away from it and, and think a lot about it, I mean, how can you not enjoy watching um, Bob Odenkirk kind of do his thing every week? It's, it's so good. Um, and so, you know, it, it is kind of really it, it is good to kind of let these things marinate a little bit before you kind of come back to them. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely fun to kind of watch the stuff. And so I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Which I would love to just, yeah, binge rewatch it before I'd ever done a, done a recap of it again too because, yeah, some of these episodes I haven't rewatched in years. Uh, one thing before I let you go, Nick, because we're going to go into the next part of the show. Uh, just speaking of shows we've done in the past, Nip Tuck, Next year, 2023, of course, will be <laughs> 20 years since Nip Tuck debuted. And we did on our third watch coverage a 20-year reunion back in 2019 for our 24 coverage uh, in 2021. We did a 20-year reunion. So I think, and I, I mean this, next year at some point, we will have to try and do a 20-year reunion. We'll see what we can get. We'll see if we can get some of the guys we've had back on the show uh, in the meantime to get there. Because, I mean, similar to, I guess, third watch, 24 was celebrated a little bit last year, but... I don't really think many people will be celebrating uh, dear old Nip Tuck next year as a 20-year anniversary. So uh, I, I'm committed to doing something next year when uh, we get to the 20th anniversary of that if you wish to join me on a reunion episode. Well, um, we'll have to have to um, dig out the funds and get that uh, cameo appearance from um, Dylan Walsh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I, I think I've, I've mentioned a few times, I, I definitely told you, but uh, how I, I tracked down um, Kimba, the actress who plays Kimba. Oh, yeah. She, of course, Kelly Carlson, who's on Instagram. And I actually, like, I had a conversation with her, like a pretty in-depth, like she was talking to me about she was in a spa or something like that. I'm like, oh, this is, where's this going? And then, like, she was all down for the interview and, like, contact me, contact me, and then she just sadly went quiet. So um, she's quite active on Instagram all of a sudden. So, I mean, it'd be great to get Kelly Carlson, who we've never had on the show, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see who we can get. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll put some money together and at least get a, a, a Dylan Walsh. G'day, guys, it's Dylan Walsh here, <laughs> you know. Sure we can get Julian on the phone, right? You know, he's doing everything I'm most that, wanted. That would be a bit of a bucket list for me is actually being able to talk with um, with Julian McMahon. I mean, no no disrespect to Dylan Walsh, but, um, you know, who, who doesn't want to talk with um, with it's, Christian, you know? Yeah, it's, I, the, the sad thing is with Julian is just it's FBI Most Wanted. I don't know if you've watched it, just it's not It's not good. I, yeah. I think I told you that time I was flicking channels, and there he is. His daddy's played by Terrio freaking Quinn, you know, Locke from Lost. And it's like these two great actors who you and I have celebrated, Noah and I have celebrated, and they're on fucking FBI Most Wanted. Um, you know, it's just like, what is going on with these great actors? They're being wasted. And no disrespect to FBI. I'm sure people put a lot of effort into FBI Most Wanted, but it's not very good. Look, they can't, they can't all be winners. Um, and, you know, I think probably Brian Cranston's been in some shit and um, <laughs> and Bob Odenkirk's been in some shit. I saw some some meme the other day that um, – have you been a Seinfeld fan? Did you ever watch Seinfeld? Uh, no, but I, I saw I saw a YouTube video, I think, recently where it was like all the Breaking Bad actors because I think Anna Gunn was in Seinfeld too, wasn't she? A lot of well, them. So, 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 so Elaine and, and Seinfeld. 
and I'm not a fan either. I just saw this. So never I never got her. the appeal. Never found Yeah, well, well, she she dated both Walter White and Saul Goodman at certain oh. points on that show. So there you go. It's um, there, there's links all over the place. Yeah, well, there's a, there was a YouTube video where like, cause yeah, like Anna Garn, there was a whole bunch of people who were in it. And actually, um, Colin and I recently did our annual episode where we celebrate The Room. It's uh, come out this week, <laughs> by the way. Uh, and we did The Disaster Artist. Both Bob Odenkirk and Brian Cranston are in The Disaster Artist uh, in very small roles. Brian Cranston plays himself. So right. uh, there you go. But, uh, Nick, a lot of fun. Obviously, if people want to hear your voice, we're still doing our Breaking Bad coverage, which, of course, again, we recorded nearly a year ago. Uh, so it might not sort of... You go like, why are they talking about the end of Better Call Saul? It's ended. Um, but uh, this is a lot of fun having having you on and uh, we'll get you on again at some point soon. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end up doing better call soul all of it one day. One day. And with Nick gone, I'm going to hand over to myself to introduce Colin because that guy is swell. Isn't he Ben? He certainly is swell Ben. And he's on the line right now. Colin Hilding. Welcome back to the Oz network. Are you feeling swell to talk about better call soul? Uh, I'm feeling like that was Nick's lead in because you called me much worse than swell. <laughs> well, I will say my lead in was my lead in. And then what Nick said off air was probably worse than what you were just thinking. So <laughs> hello to Nick as he leaves this uh, episode. But uh, yeah, we're talking about soul gone. We've heard Nick's perspective. We've heard a lot of my perspective. Colin, what did you think of soul gone? The series finale of better call soul. Yeah, you know, I I think this is going to be one of these finales that uh, people are divided on. I don't think it's going to be like a unanimous greatest finale of all time. It's not going to be unanimous. Oh, that was disappointing. Um, I think that the maybe the biggest problem isn't necessarily the finale itself, but the way season six was structured. Uh, and, you know, we had all the flash forwards in the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season really ended up being all the flash forwards again, which you know, I'm fine with uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I feel like it's very much a different story. And I, I came into this show pretty much right after watching. I mean, I started watching Breaking Bad the week that you and Nick recapped episode one of Breaking Bad. And then I kind of just powered through the whole series and then immediately powered through Better Call Saul. So, I mean, I really watched these shows back to back. So for me, and I think anybody who's watched Breaking Bad, this second half of the season is probably fantastic. I mean, you get a lot of closure on things from, you know, Breaking Bad that maybe we didn't expect we'd ever get. But maybe I'm wondering if the downside to that is people who watch Better Call Saul and weren't really that tied to Breaking Bad will feel maybe a little let down that the second half of the season really has nothing to do with Better Call Saul. I mean, it is mostly the Breaking Bad sequel, which I think I had mentioned to you off air the other day that uh, I almost feel like the second half of the season would have been better served as a movie like El Camino. This is the movie to wrap up the Saul character. And if they had just sort of done season six as the end of Better Call Saul and then save this as sort of its own thing, maybe it would have been better. But I mean, having watched Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, I mean, I think that the finale, it's, it's appropriate. It's uh, unexpected because you don't expect any storyline to really ever be wrapped up in this show, especially wrapped up with a semi-happy ending. You know, it's hard to believe that this could be a happy ending, especially for one character. But I think uh, it's it's what the ending of Saul's story should be. It's what the ending of Kim's story should be. So I enjoyed it for what it was. I just don't necessarily think that season six, part two necessarily needed to be season six, part two. It's very interesting to hear that perspective because we just spoke a lot with Nick about 
some of that. And I just mentioned about how I felt a bit worried that particularly the finale was going to go too Breaking Baddy and that it was going to kind of forget what this show was. And I said to Nick just then, people listening to this obviously heard me say it, that I think this show did a very good job in wrapping it up and basically remembering that this is Better Call Soul, not Breaking Bad. And yeah, there are obviously large elements that tie a lot of Breaking Bad into this show, but I don't know if I just necessarily agree fully with this second half being completely Breaking Bad sequel. I think it still stands on its two feet enough that it's its own show, that it ends basically as its own show rather than just purely, you know, going full Star Wars or something like that for fan service. And I think, but even the stuff with Breaking Bad though, I think it's all done in a tasteful and an and enough manner that it's not grown worthy. You know, as I said mm. a few times with Nick, it's not Han Solo's name or the dice, you know, it's it's done in a way which is, it adds it and it doesn't take away from it as well. Yeah, well, I, and I do agree that this is a Better Call Saul finale, uh, but when a lot of the storyline is involving things like Hank's death, that if somebody had only ever watched Better Call Saul, they would be coming in the fallow being like, who's Hank? Like, I don't get this. And and they did a decent job throughout the last couple episodes, uh, particularly by showing Walter and Jesse in the, the, the camper, the RV scene and Saul getting kidnapped so that you can tie those things together. But then when you throw in the majority of what he's going away for is Hank's death. I mean, you bring Marie in there and you bring everything else. Again, I loved it, you know, because I knew that story, but it, it there, there were, I guess, very important plot points to how this show wraps up the Better Call Saul story that ties into Breaking Bad that I could imagine somebody who had never seen Breaking Bad would be completely lost. Um, but but what I do like, like you said, is this is the wrap up to Better Call Saul, because really the ending, I don't know if we're going spoilers, probably. Uh, <laughs> it's, spoiler. it's a spoiler episode. Spoiler. Yeah, okay, so uh, so the, the fact that really, even though the story from all the other characters' point of view, the other lawyers, the judges and everything, uh, even Marie, is about, okay, Hank's death and everything happened to Walter White. And he references Walter White so many times. Uh, the point of the story that I absolutely loved was his moment where he decides to go from I'm bargaining for, you know, ice cream and seven years to I'm going to sacrifice it all just to prove something to Kim. And I think that's what makes this the Better Call Saul ending. Uh, now, at the same time, I will say it, I felt like his big speech, like this is very like TV and movie. This isn't necessarily very. I don't know if anybody would go to these elaborate lengths to do it, but yet it's so effective. It's one of these things where it's like, yeah, that's a little bit, you know, uh, heavy. It's a little bit stretching it as far as reality goes that that he would make this elaborate gesture but they guess it's also the Saul character I mean he is a very over-the-top showman I mean uh, that is the point of the character he's he's basically a song and dance man <laughs> in a courtroom so it was nice that we got one final moment of him doing that because I thought that during the, uh, the the scene where they're negotiating for his sentence that that was going to be okay this is one last chance for him to be Saul Goodman uh, and so to be able to go into the courtroom where he even goes out his way to say, no, I'm Jimmy McGill. I'm not Saul Goodman. It kind of brings a full circle. It's like, okay, we had the final, you think this is going to be another Saul Goodman moment in the courtroom. And then you realize, no, this is the first time we're going to get Jimmy McGill in the courtroom. And it's in the last episode, which was fantastic. Which is, I like that full circle nature that, yeah, like it started off as the Jimmy McGill show ends as the Jimmy McGill show. I know this show is called Better Call Soul, but like this character 
is born from what happens, you know, throughout his life and Kim leaving him and Howard's death and everything is, you know, you'd almost argue a coping mechanism and then kind of comes back to that. And as I just said with Nick, like I, I love the fact that, you know, Chuck made an appearance again. I can, you know, mm-hmm. didn't think at all that we were going to see Chuck. Didn't think we were going to see Marie. That's a whole other story. But um, yeah, and I think that it, it, it's it's interesting. Like I was saying to Nick before about how I saw one review about how um, I think like Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould had had written this finale as almost like the Christmas a Christmas Carol. You know that he was visited by mm-hmm. three ghosts. You know, but another interesting aspect the script of this episode apparently the scene when he's in the the cell and he sees that graffiti that says like what my lawyer can suck d i don't know whatever it said (laughs) like that is like a moment where soul at that point realizes he's a superhero he's in his own world right now he's got his own powers he's going to be able to get it we see that when he gets whittled down to his seven years and then all of a sudden it just takes one little moment, the mention of Kim and all that sort of stuff to kind of undo him and then sort of almost mm-hmm. have this redemption arc. And I, I love what you said, how it's it's a happy ending, which, I mean, how is a man being in jail for 87 years <laughs> a happy ending? But it it kind of is a happy ending in a, in a Breaking Bad. I mean, Walt dying at the end of Breaking Bad is a happy ending. Jesse yeah. in El Camino going off into a world of unknown in Alaska is a happy ending, but in a dark Breaking Bad way, these are the happy endings I think we're all satisfied with. And it's a conclusion to it as well. It is not, oh, we're leaving this open for something later on. I think if, if you finish this with he gets seven years, you're like, well, that is the way Better Call Saul. That's why Saul Goodman's Better Call Saul would end. Yeah. But then you always have in the back of your head, it's like, well, where are they going to go from here? Like, like you mentioned, you know, Breaking Bad, there's still the question, okay, well, there's still a Jesse story. And even even with Jesse in Alaska and El Camino, you could think, yeah, they could bring this back if they want to. And in some ways, I think, especially after having two series and, what, 11 years between two series, uh, 12 years if you include the the break in between season five and season six because of the pandemic, you, you probably just want, like, all right, let's just let's end this. You know, I'm sure there's many fans who would love if they brought this back for another season or something like that. But, like, I, I want an ending at some point. And yeah. this show had way more of a conclusive ending than Breaking Bad did. I'm not necessarily saying that I prefer this finale over the Breaking Bad finale. But when you add the two shows up together, I feel like the audience actually really needed, okay, this is the end. There is nothing else for Saul. Let's do Saul the prison years. You know, maybe one day they could do that. But this feels like you could end it now and never have to revisit this character. And that's what I like. Well, I think Vince Gilligan has come out and said, this is it. This is this is the end. There's, no, there's nothing more, which, you know, you always take it with a bit of a grain of salt. And, and my thing that I say in our Breaking Bad coverage is, the one thing that I could see them doing, and I would be completely down for it because also we didn't get to see a return and all of this. She was like the one main character we never saw her, is something to do with Skylar. I think like Holly, mm-hmm. she turns 18, you know, uh, and ha- have something with that, have it with Skylar and, and Walt Jr. Like that's the only thing I could possibly mm-hmm. see them doing. Is that milking it a little bit? Maybe. But like, I don't know. Like I feel there's something there with like the, the Holly character growing up into this world where her dad was his person because like – in the grand scheme of things, do we need Skylar returning? No. There was no reason yeah. for Skylar or Walt Jr. to return. We know how they end and we know what they're doing. Would I have liked to have seen them? Absolutely, because I'm a big Skylar fan. So, yeah, I think that's the only possible plot out there that you could continue, but I agree with you. This this was a solid conclusion to everything Walt, everything Jesse, everything Sol. Mm-hmm. And, and with uh, Marie's return, I mean, 
yeah, I don't think anybody expected that. I, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, I was probably at the point where I was thinking, okay, we're not even going to get Walter or Jesse in this one again. Because uh, we had the episode, the, it was heavily promoted. They were both going to be coming back and then they they both come back in this. But with Marie, you wouldn't even think that. And she's probably one character that you wouldn't think needed to return until she does return. You're like, well, yeah, yeah. there is more to tell here. You know, <laughs> there there is something unresolved with this character. And, you know, I, I can still remember when you guys started covering this and hearing your first episode. And after I had watched it, I'm like, I'm kind of surprised you guys don't like the Marie character because like she's weird. And, and, it, and, I'm, and I'm glad you did change. But the funny thing is, as I started watching more, I'm like, no, I can see their point. But like at the same time, like I really love these characters that are just they're weird. They're quirky and you can't wrap your head around it, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, other great examples of that would be Lydia and Todd. You know, I still can't wrap my head around Lydia and Todd. Like, why are they the way they are? And I like when you have characters like that. Uh, and, and Marie definitely was that character. But what was the most surprising with her characters when you start getting to season four and five, like she had some of the most dramatic scenes in the show. And the fact that you have a character who is on the sidelines, I mean, she really is the Skylar to Hank. You know, she's the one who just sort of finds out about all this, but really has no hand in how the story plays out. And to get that grieving widow coming in with like anger and everything else, I, I really started to wonder during that scene, I'm like, is Saul going to actually win her over? Is she going to be like, oh, just let him <laughs> off with a warning. Come on. He really is a victim here. Uh, but I mean, it's played so perfectly because even even her performance, I can't remember the name of the actress, was it? Um, Betsy Brandt. Betsy Brandt, yeah. Uh, the, the way that her performance, like you're, you're watching her during that scene, and you're like, is she going to have some sympathy? Is she going to buy this? And then went out of nowhere. You're like, no, she's still angry. You're like, yeah, yeah, you go, Marie. <laughs> Which, it, it, yeah, it's 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 not it's not a storyline that I thought I would have wanted to revisit. But yet it was so effective. And in some ways, I think that's probably my favorite scene in this episode, even over his final courtroom scene where he accepts the 87 years. I'd agree with that because I think it was the appearance we didn't know we wanted and it kind of, you know, I'm glad this wasn't promoted and whatever. I know some people sort of rolled their eyes when we had Hank and Gomi. What was that in like season five? I know it is in season five. Nick just told me the answer. What, like a few minutes ago, people listening to this episode, Ben, but, um, you know, I never really had an opinion on that. I'm like, okay, cool. It's Hank. Like, sure. Like whatever, like great. But like, this was just something that you never thought would be there. You would honestly probably think you'd get Skylar over Marie. Yeah. Um, but like it, she really makes the most sense to be there. We, we like, I think it's important that Sol goes to jail because, you know, Walt gets away with it by dying. Jesse literally gets away and, you know, is in hiding. And Sol, like, somebody kind of needs to be punished for this. Yeah. And I think that, you know, despite obviously the emotional punishment that Skylar would be getting and, and Walt Jr., we kind of know what's happened to them. Whereas, like, Marie... Yeah, you sort of get a bit of an idea, but it's more of in that finale of here are the coordinates to Hank and Gomi's bodies to give Marie a bit of closure. You never see that. So, yeah, Marie, Mm -hmm. based on what we know of her character, she's still going to be this angry. She's still going to be, you know, whatever. She's ultimately, I would argue, the biggest victim of all of this because, yeah, Skylar's a victim, but, like, she played along with it for a large portion of it as well. She was aware of what was happening, whereas Marie found out when she found out, wanted to put Walt away in jail, and then eventually her husband gets killed, and then that's it for Marie. So, like, I like that she kind of get almost like a bit of a redemption here to stare down somebody in the face and be like, no, you need to pay for this. And there are so few characters in either show that you really could portray as a victim because 
there's always somebody who, you know, is a sympathetic character, but then you're like, well, but do I really sympathize with them? I think Better Call Saul had more sympathetic characters than Breaking Bad did. I mean, you you had uh, Kim, obviously, uh, you know, obviously there's some things with Kim where you're like, well, do I really feel bad for her? Uh, the same thing with Chuck, uh, Howard, uh, to a certain extent, Nacho. Uh, but the thing is they kill all those characters off. So really, who do you have left? And uh, in Breaking Bad, I mean, Hank was probably the one innocent. He was the one purely good character. And just in connection with that, Marie, you know, even more so because she well, wanted she no part of this. Stuff. She stole yeah, stuff. She's a shoplifter, yes. <laughs> but, the worst. But, as far, <laughs> but, but for all the events that happen in these shows and all the terrible stuff that goes down, I mean, Hank was doing his job and was definitely an innocent but Marie is now meant to suffer just because Hank was the one good guy trying to do his job. So yeah, I, I love that they brought her back uh, and just covering a couple other things with season six. I don't know how much you touched on this with, with Nick, but uh, I mean, obviously we talk throughout the season about like the shock of Nacho's death, the shock of Howard's death. And, it, it, and I would say one of the issues I had with the series was how long it took for these characters to have purpose I think it was probably like season four before I really started to get one over on Kim's character. Uh, and with Howard, it was this season before I started to get one over. On now I loved his portrayal. It was, it was kind of like Marie in season one. It's like, he's a really weird character, but like, what is his purpose in the show? Why is he six years into this show? And you don't know why he's there yet. And then the way season six plays out. I mean, I, this real, this season six was, the Howard swindle, you know, <laughs> we're, we're pulling one scam on one guy, uh, one revenge scheme. And with Nacho, I think it was even more frustrating because like it, it wasn't until he died where you're like, okay, so that's why he was on the show for six years. And did they need six years to get to that point in terms of story? No, but in terms of effectiveness of the death, I mean, it, it is really interesting if it was an experiment to hold off on these characters and make the audience be impatient with why they hear until you get to that moment. It's interesting you say that because Nick, yeah, mentioned a lot about the sort of the slow build with some of these characters and the show in general being a bit of a slow build. And I think sort of, as I mentioned, everyone came into this season and the big three was what happens to Lalo, Nacho and Kim. It wasn't really a question around Howard I ever felt because, again, this was a guy who was sort of there. I've always liked Howard, but I can also see why some people didn't like him. But, like, he could easily just go off into the legal world and obscurity and, and it do yeah. he doesn't need to have an ending that is satisfactory. So I think that's what makes his death so, I guess, poignant. But, um, yeah, it is it is interesting to kind of think that Nick sort of touched on a little bit there with Nacho, you know, what was the point of his character. And, yeah, absolutely you can argue that. But I think I would say that given that this is its own separate show, yes, it's a prequel to Breaking Bad, but you still can have your own characters. He's a weird comparison. I never watched Cheers. You watch Cheers, I'm sure, more than you watch Frasier. But, like, I watch more of Frasier. But, like, I think the majority of characters in Frasier were never mentioned in Cheers. I know it's a sequel, not yeah. a prequel. But, like, it's Saul exists in a world that is, you know, sure, it's connected to Breaking Bad, but it's still different. So then there are other characters in his life. And then on that, like, it was the, the Gus and the Salamanca storyline, like, you know, you don't have all the same people in your entire life the whole time. So there are other people mm -hmm. that come and go. So I think that's where it makes sense that you can have someone like a Nacho. And I, and I like that you kind of have Nacho and Lalo and Kim and Howard existing in their own universe while also being connected in a, in a way. Because ultimately you have that famous moment 
where Sol's like being held hostage by Walt and Jesse. And he's like, was it Lalo who sent you? Was it Nacho who sent you? And, you know, they found a way to tie that in without it being yeah. the dice or the, my name is Han Solo, you know, so like it worked. But yeah, like I get the thing with Nacho. I, I just, I love Michael Mando and I think Nacho was like just so fascinating. And obviously Lalo, Tony Dalton was amazing as well. Like both of them were incredible characters who, you know, live in this universe now as their own amazing people obviously we knew we were never going to see them in the breaking bad universe but i think in the better call so if you just watch this and didn't know anything about breaking bad you're going to rank these characters very very highly not that you wouldn't combining them but yeah i think they stand on their own two feet very well i i also don't know what a lot of the fan response is but i mean i, I, I think majority this, this i was just on that sorry just i was going to say when you said about the reaction from what i've seen the reaction of the finale has been pretty high so i, I haven't mm. really seen too many negative and the season in general too majority i've seen it's been very highly praised if if we didn't already have breaking bad though i can imagine some people would probably be upset with how little mike and gus had to do with these last couple episodes i mean mike has a cameo in the finale you know uh fring's not there at all um which again i'm okay with because i know what we're going to get out of these characters later on uh but the second half of the season just being its own story sort of in the future uh i know that uh nick wasn't a fan of like the first episode that they brought these back yeah, he's, he's which, talked about that not a not a fan <laughs> which the, the weird thing is, for me, I would actually say that was probably my favorite in the, the season six part two, uh, because we got to see the new and I almost felt like they never quite got the traction again after that in the next couple episodes leading into the finale. It was like there was a gap of we get to see this mall um, heist, which I thought was hilarious and, and really interesting. Just all the planning, getting him to be. Saul again and at the same time getting him to take a step too far in that episode and then the next couple episodes it's like okay so where are we go with this why do we have the old lady in the chair you know why do we have this and this is where I feel like we do one of two things make this a movie you know end the series and then bring this back a year or two later as the movie to wrap up what happens afterwards maybe even end the series with him in prison but just don't tell the story about how he got there uh, or make this a bigger part of the season. I, we talked off air. I thought like either give it more episodes in the future, or instead of just doing the one flash forward or the two flash forwards beginning and end throughout the season, stagger it a little bit more because it, the second half of the season being shorter than the first half was it like five episodes maybe? Yeah, it was. Yeah, five, five, six or five. Yeah, but and we had one episode six. which didn't. And the first episode back didn't include this, you know, flash forward storyline at all. So you really didn't have enough time in terms of a store, uh, a TV show to actually build the storyline, but you weren't attached enough to this future storyline just through like the one brief intro in all the episodes beforehand. So maybe if we had had larger opening and closing sequences in the first half of the season, then I would have been more okay with this. And I didn't dislike this. Like I said, I loved the mall heist episode. I love the finale, but more time would have helped me to be more attached to this future storyline. I think Nick summed it up. Like the last four episodes is basically an epilogue um, because like you, you could end. So episode, uh, what was it? Nine fun and games where you have the ending is the birth of soul. Like it's the, the Vader lifts off the thing, but you know, he's in the tacky mansion. He's waking up with a sex worker. Um, you know, that's obviously the episode you kind of get Gus's last little scene, Mike's last scene. Like you could end 
better call Saul there. And I think you would be satisfied with that ending. Sure, you'd be wondering what happened afterwards. And yeah, you're right. Maybe you do release El Camino 2, Saul's Camino, like, you know, in a year (laughs) or two. But like, it's the same argument that I had in Breaking Bad that the finale of season four, you could end Breaking Bad there and you don't need season five. And like his whole bit where he's like, I won. You could literally end Breaking Bad there and I think the majority of people would be completely satisfied with that ending. I would be. Don't get me wrong. I love season five and how it ends. But like, I think you can end Breaking Bad right there and it's completely fine. So I I think like it's, it it adds to it. And because I think a, a lot of people maybe went into Better Call Saul not, really expecting there to be a post-Breaking Bad wrap-up. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever did. So when we first got the pilot and then we got each season began with sort of this black and white post-world with Gene, you know, I, I don't think we realised that that was going to be a thing. So when they started dangling that carrot, I think that we always then assumed, okay, this is how it's going to end. I definitely did, but I don't know if I thought we were going to get four one-hour episodes of this at the end, mm-hmm. which I'm not complaining. I liked it. I liked kind of the parallels to Breaking Bad where there were so many occasions where Walt would have gotten away with it or he would have been satisfied and never been caught, but he just, he had to keep going, you know, and like we get that with Soul. Like Soul was on a new life. He was Gene. He got away with it, but he just had that temptation, which eventually got him to be caught and go to jail. Um, So I think that I liked how it all played out. You know, I liked sort of the redemption arc that, yeah, you go from Jimmy to Jimmy with added Gene in the middle there. And ultimately, I love it that it ends with him and Kim, not like complete happy ending. They're not like in love mm-hmm. and running off into the sunset, but like you've got they're a little peace. moment. They're at peace. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. They are at peace. And I think like I didn't really talk too much about it with Nick, but I love the prison stuff. I love that bus sequence. I love the fact that you're seeing oh, yeah. kind of, Soul Jimmy's the man the in prison. Like that's great. Like I love that. Um, you know, and it's just kind of like you, you, as you said at the beginning of this happy ending. Like Soul's gonna die in jail. He's he's eighty seven years, maybe with good behavior. Like I love that line. <laughs> but like he he's he's where he kind of needs to be. He's kind of life has been around these type of people, and um, you know, he's yeah, it's a piece. That's a great way of putting it. You know what else is funny about that bus scene is that like, you you could interpret that scene so many different ways. And even in Bob Odenkirk's performance, you're like, I can't quite wrap my head around the fact whether he is looking at this and thinking, I'm going to be the man in here. Like, I'm okay. You know, I've got it made. Or if he's looking at it like, I can't escape Saul Goodman. Like, what do I have to do to get rid of Saul Goodman now? Uh, you really could read that scene either way, which is fantastic. But it does set up the fact that's like, even behind prison walls, this guy is going to have power. You know, he, he's, he's not going to be some guy who's going to be you know, raped and murdered in prison and shanked you know, all the, the worst things that could possibly happen. Like he, he will always kind of come out on top no matter what. What is your thoughts on Kim? Like I, I obviously she, as I said with Nick before, was kind of the standout of the show, not to take away from Bob Odenkirk, but we're obviously very familiar with Bob Odenkirk from Breaking Bad. But I mean, what was your just overall thoughts? Ray Sahorn, again, an actress who really wasn't in anything before this. Uh, now is a pretty big household name. Surely we'll win an Emmy for this later on this year. Well, not later on this year. It's what, next month, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I mean, just I'd love to hear your thoughts overall and just the, the Kim character and how she ended up. Yeah, you know, I already mentioned I kind of had that frustration for a couple of years. Like, why does she need to be here? You know, is she just there because you need a character 
to kind of, you know, see the transformation of him. And I would say, particularly in the last two seasons, you really started to get the point. Of, I mean, I can't remember what season it was where they they were at the hotel and they started pulling their con games where she kind of got pulled into that. It might have been like season three or four, but early in the show, they, they had such a patient way of telling your story. And unlike a character like Nacho, where it's like, you really don't get the point until the bullets in his head uh, with Kim, you slowly start to get that's, that's where the slow build works for the show. Cause you're not even realizing how much of a storyline she has, not just how important she is to Saul's storyline, but how important this is her own storyline. I think that's what really sets her apart from a lot of the other characters is that it's not, yes, she is a hundred percent tied to what's going on with Saul. And most of the events that happen with her is because of him, you know, uh, with, uh, the, the Howard death and, uh, Lalo and everything, but, but yet it, you're watching her storyline more than you're watching Saul's because it's about how she kind of toyed with, you know, this unethical lawyer side and then got in too deep. And you're going to imagine, you know, completely reforms later on, maybe, maybe not, who knows, but, uh, but I actually finished this show probably having her on equal level with Saul. And uh, it really is both of their show, which is what uh, is so impressive. And I, I would have been like crushed if they didn't make this more about her in the finale. Once you see the, the phone call, I guess, where he's calling her and you realize, all right, well, that was kind of my theory throughout the whole season. Like after everything happens, she's probably just going to, create a new identity for herself, go into hiding, whatever, you know, pretend like this never happened. And when you see that phone call, you're like, oh yeah, she's still around and she kind of has a fresh start, but you need this final episode to be about her. Uh, and really it is about, I mean, it's a hundred percent about her. You see what happens to Saul, but everything that happens in that final scene, it's about her and him kind of winning her trust back. Um, her performance in like these last two seasons, particularly this season is the highlight of the show. Uh, and it's, it's very different from what we got with Skylar, where with Skylar, you see a life that got ruined because of Walt. And with Kim, it, he, you could look at it and say her life got ruined, but I would actually look at it more and say she had a wake-up call, you know? Because yeah. we always had that backstory where it's like her upbringing kind of was leading her to be another Saul Goodman. You know, she didn't have the best upbringing. She had to fight her way. And she obviously was never 100%, you know, I'm going to toe the ethical line here. Uh, but this entire series is really her wake-up call. And I don't think that I would have caught that in season one, two, or three. I mean, it really took a long time to start getting the point of that. And I think what the finale did very well and just the last couple of episodes in general was you know, the, the, the debate and the theories about that, well, she has to be dead. She's never mentioned in Breaking Bad, like not even a passing glimmer or not even a subtle reference to I used to be married once or something like that. Like it was done in such a way that it makes complete sense. And I think that, mm. you know, you don't question that at all. Um, and as I said to Nick, I would love somebody to edit both Breaking Bad and Better Call Soul together chronologically a la Chronological Lost. Mm and kind of just have that all flow. I think that would be a very good way of watching it, and I'm sure it will get done uh, if it hasn't already been done. So, um, yeah, I just I love that wrap-up for it. And, yeah, she's got to win an Emmy. I mean, generally, oh, final yeah. seasons will always get a bunch of awards. Bob Odenkirk, through both Breaking Bad and Better Call Souls, never won an Emmy, so, you know, he's due. What? Uh, yeah, n never won. Uh, I mean, Anna Gunn won a couple. Um, you know, Aaron Paul won a couple. Uh, Brian Cranston won a couple. Uh, <laughs> no, no knock is... against Aaron Paul, but, like, 
Aaron Jack Paul Carlos wins. Jack Carlos never even won one. So, I mean, you know, he's oh. So, yeah, which actually that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, Nick brought it up about how, and I, I've seen some criticism of medical soul, like, do we need Gus? Do we need Mike? Like, you know, mm. did we need this in this series? I gave my opinion of that before. But, like, I mean, do, do you, like, how did you like that element to Better Call Saul? I know that the original idea they had was this was going to be like a half-hour show, not an hour-long show, and it was going to be more comedy-based. Um, if you have the Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad there's not a lot that you can work with there to create an hour long drama that lasts for six seasons. Uh, and they did an incredible job of doing that uh, throughout the show by suddenly changing the character without making him so drastically different. But I think that without Mike and without Fring, you don't necessarily have six seasons of hour long episodes. I mean, there's not enough story there just with Saul to make that up. And even with Breaking Bad, I mean, you can't just do the Walter White. I mean, that, that was kind of season one was just Walt and Jesse. And I mean, season one, I would I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's going to say that's the weakest season the show had. Um, it, you needed to bring a lot of these supporting characters in and Breaking Bad in order to pad the show out. The fact that Mike and Saul don't really connect that much. I mean, in season one, he's what the, the parking lot agent guy. <laughs> they mm-hmm. have one or two moments. I, I can see when you get several seasons in, you're like, okay, so kind of like the Nacho and Howard thing, when are you going to get to the point? But very quickly, I kind of looked at this as the Saul slash Mike's uh, spinoff. It was the prequel to both characters. And maybe that was Vince Gilligan's idea in the beginning is that he wanted uh, to explore both of these characters, but not necessarily give them to, to their own shows. There's not enough story there. So it was necessary to have the show last as long as it did and create enough intrigue. Cause you're going to have moments, especially the way that, that Saul's story goes throughout this show. I love the fact that like he will have multiple episodes where he's disbarred or whatever. And he just needs to pick up, you know, uh, video shoots on the side for other people's commercials and things like that. Like I love that stuff, but you're not going to keep an audience for what, 10, 12 episodes uh, for an entire season when you have to have those moments like that. So being able to have Fring and have Mike in there so that you have more things that tie into Breaking Bad without it being obvious that this is just a Breaking Bad spinoff was necessary. But until you get to the last season or two, they don't necessarily matter much to the Saul. If this show had been called anything other than Better Call Saul, I don't think anybody would really have a point with that. But I I never minded it. I always loved that we kind of had the other stories going on of other characters. And as I said before with Nick, I think that there would have been so many questions around Mike and Gus that then people would have argued, well, when are we going to get the Mike show? When are we going to get the Gus show? And I think they did a great job, like particularly with Mike and the dirty cop and, you know, how his son died and his revenge and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And just the the elements with Gus and the Salamancas and just, I love, I just, the more and more I, I, I want to rewatch it just for that last scene with Gus in the bar with that guy and sort of the, the, the near date and you think he's going to, you know, have a good night out and he just, he realized he can't just the paranoia Gus had and the body doubles and everything. Like I loved all that mm. stuff. And I like Gus is just, I'm still, I need to come up to a conclusion. Who's my favorite TV villain of all time. If it's, if it's Gus or Benjamin Linus, but um, it's probably Gus, but I just, yeah, there's just so much love I have for how they added to that. And it, it's not done in such a way where like as much as we loved Obi-Wan, 
you know, you do question every now and then with Darth Vader about like, well, in like how many years he's going to be old and decrepit and barely move. Like, you know, things like that where like, yeah, you know, certain things don't hold up. But I don't think anything with the gas or the mic stuff took away from it and not even the bullshit that people complain about. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito looks older and, you know, uh, so does Jonathan Banks. And, oh, Aaron Paul, look how old he looks. Like, fuck off. Just like, you know, like just people age, all right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it happens, people. Like, and as long as they don't get actors. fat for no reason, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fat. Everyone, listen to um, Fat Jesse Plemons coming soon in our El Camino recap in a couple of weeks' time here on the Oz Network. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you you're dying to talk about. I mean, obviously, um, Nick and I keep teasing the fact that we uh, we'll love to recap this whole series one day, like we did with Breaking Bad. And who knows if you're around? I mean, it's going to be hard to do schedules with three of us doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, it's a, it's a show that I would love to do all the way there, but I mean, anything you want to add, cause again, you, you sort of mentioned at the beginning, it's, it's a, it's an interesting take you had because I remember all the, a long time you were like, I've never seen breaking bad. I've never seen breaking bad. Yeah. And then you, you watch that pretty quickly and you watch this pretty quickly. So you're in a unique perspective of how quickly you've watched all this, but anything to add, actually I will ask and add another question to that breaking bad or better call soul, which is better to you. Uh, I mean, Better Call Saul is better. Or, sorry, not Better Call really? Saul. Bre- Breaking oh. Bad. Breaking Bad right, is better. Okay, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, all right, okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, Breaking Bad is better as a show. Uh, what I will say is that uh, I actually prefer the Saul Goodman Better Call Saul character, maybe even over, like, Walter White is a more complex character, but, like, there's something I just love about, I'm not even going to say Saul Goodman, because really he's not Saul Goodman. I, there's something I love about Jimmy McGill. Uh, so if I were to pick, and this would probably be the more controversial thing, is that if I were to pick which character is my favorite character out of this universe, I'm going to pick Jimmy McGill. Uh, wow. you know, not even necessarily Saul Goodman, just Jimmy McGill. It, it may just come down to the fact that like when you have a show like Breaking Bad that is very heavy, you know, you want a character that you're going to like. And I don't think that anybody thought that Saul was going to be the character you'd like in the end. Comparing this to The Godfather, which there's actually a lot of similarities between Breaking Bad universe and The Godfather, you know, you you love uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather, but like by the end, he is the most despicable person. And it, you, you kind of want a character like Marlon Brando in The Godfather, where it's like, yeah, he's a despicable person, but like he has a good heart. So maybe it's just the fact that there is finally in this universe, a character that you can sympathize with a little bit and that you, you just like, and whatever their faults are, you, you, you feel like you feel for them a little bit. And that's not something that you really got out of Breaking Bad. I mean, even say with Jesse's character, you know, obviously you sympathize with more than Walt, but like there's not enough there that you really can truly love this guy. And I just love the Jimmy McGill character even more so than Saul. It's interesting you say that because I was about to say, if I had to rank my favorite character, which is an episode in itself, I I might rank Jesse as my favorite. I I love Jesse. So um, maybe I'm the weird one there. Uh, with that, uh, I'll get you to buy rent bin. It just say, I just want to clarify one thing earlier on this episode. I was wrong. I thought we did get Badger and Skinny Pete in Better Call Soul, but we apparently don't. So, um, we got I Francesca. Only- that's all that matters, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think so. What the main people we never got from Breaking Bad in Better Call Soul would be Badger, Skinny Pete, Skylar, and Walt Jr., right? Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, I guess Holly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And we didn't get Bonfire by Skrillex again. Great song. Um, <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> oh, you don't like that either? Come on. No, no, I love oh. that scene. Maybe the Come worst on. scene in either oh. show ever. Boo. Boo, Colin. Uh, what are you doing with this episode, Colin? 
Uh, I'm definitely going to buy it. I, I actually watched this episode in two parts because it ended up airing later than I thought it would. And I was like falling asleep halfway through the episode. Not so I was bored. I was just tired. And then after a couple of minutes of sleeping and waking up and not being able to get back to sleep again, I finished it. Uh, but I, I'd love to rewatch this all in one shot. But I mean, the fact that I was that drowsy and still feel like I want to buy it. I mean, that's definitely a positive review. So buy it, buy it a hundred percent. There's probably Triple. very few better calls episodes that I would been if we were to ever cover this entire thing. Like, it was such a solid show all around, even when it was slower. I don't think this is the type of show you really could been. Well, spoiler for Breaking Bad, Nick never binned an episode of Breaking Bad. I don't know there's a couple of weeks ago on our coverage, but uh, yeah, Nick never I'm, binned an episode. I'm curious. I'll actually say the most interested that I've been in your guys' coverage of Breaking Bad is I'm at the point now where I think he's he's about to break his streak for most buys in a row or whatever. I'm like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Come on, let's go for a record, guys. Only one ever perfect season on this show. That was me with season four of Nip Tuck. So uh, will he Will he join that? Who knows? Uh, but, I mean, he alluded to earlier, he actually did a rewatch of Better Call Saul and he bought, rent, and binned along the way and ranked them. But oh, uh, wow. he said, he, he said I mean, he binned frickin' Nippy or whatever it was called, the one the other week. Um, and he said he – it sounded like he binned a couple of others. So, obviously, he, there's a few – Better Call Saul. I, I don't know off the top. Like, I, I don't know Better Call Saul as much as I knew Breaking Bad to know if I would have been. I mean, I only binned Fly. That was the only episode of Breaking Bad that I binned. Uh, I don't even think I binned IFT. And that's a terrible episode. But by Breaking Bad standards, it's still a good episode. So, yeah. But um, no, Fly's terrible. You don't like Fly, do you? I, I like remember. Fly. Oh, you're an idiot. I like Fly for what it is. Like, here, yeah. here this is going to be complete side rant here. But one of the things that I don't quite get about the, the hatred Fly, and it, Fly is that episode where people love it and they hate it you know you, you get yeah. like 50 50 split but is there really a difference between fly and the ep- i don't even know the name of the episode the one where the battery died in the middle of the desert i mean to me that's the exact same episode it's Four just fly out. gets all the hatred what's the difference um uh, no there's a there's a fly in it <laughs> is that the only difference well, uh, the argument is is fly you, you you don't have to watch fly you can take fly out of breaking bad and nothing changes whereas i would argue four days out is important so um, that's that's where I think it's different. But join us on Breaking Bad Redux featuring all 62 episodes and Colin Hilding watching along the way. Um, speaking of Breaking Bad, if you enjoy, if you're listening to this because you like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and you're enjoying our coverage, we've I think got about a month and a half to go uh, still. So uh, a few more to wrap it up and then a season recap, a series recap. We'll obviously do a full recap of El Camino. We did a review of that a couple of years ago. Well, I did a review of that a couple of years ago. Um, and then Nick and I do a full recap of that. So that's all still to come. Our one listener, Colin, is thrilled for that. I'm looking forward <laughs> to him enjoying that. Uh, and if you're listening to this when we're dropping it, tomorrow Panic Room is out. Getting bored and excited. Our uh, 2002 Re- recap month of anniversaries. I uh, got some more 24 happening as well. Things are getting exciting in 24. And Lost is returning in about two weeks, folks. It's, it's happened. And as you heard me say in this episode, we've, we've recorded every episode now. We literally did a three-hour recap of the finale episode. So Noah and I, at the time of this being released, only have to record our Season 6 recap and our Series recap. So... Noah has finally found some time out of his busy schedule to join me, the guy with a too much of an open schedule. So thank you, Noah. I appreciate it. And Patreon, we're about to, at the end of this, we're recording our latest Patreon episode. So you'll hear at the end how to sign up to all of that and everything else in between. But uh, this has been fun. 
I started off this episode with a quote because there were so many that I wrote down, so I'm just going to go to IMD right now and say, my name is Ben and I was always like this. And my name is Colin and Colin gone. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.